So to start off, maybe tell us first a little bit about yourself um, and how, how you ended up at Leonardo. Yeah, sure. So um, basically a copywriter by trade, an entrepreneur as well. And I've been going in different industries, especially in the tech industry for a long time. And um, a couple of months ago, it was December, um, I was in a Discord server with a couple of friends that we have in common with the founder of Leonardo, which is kind of like uh, an invite only Discord for people mostly in the crypto scene, but it has like a lot of people on other tech uh, scenes. And a guy, a guy called Jameson, he was posting about Leonardo. You know, the name kind of stuck in my brain because uh, I love Leonardo da Vinci. And and I was starting seeing a lot of posts about generative. And I was seeing a lot of posts about generative AI. And suddenly it hit me like, you know, these guys are just starting. Perhaps I should just like launch some kind of proposal to them. I sent Jameson a message, told him, hey guys, are you looking for somebody to grow your project? Cause I'm a growth, uh, like growth hacker kind of, um, like I've been growing projects for a long, long time in different areas from the music industry here in Mexico, where I'm located to, you know, Facebook pages, Twitter projects. Um, then I went into the whole crypto and I helped two projects go to a one point. 1.4 billion dollar cap uh, market cap and the other one for 700 million making like a hundred million dollars per month and and it was fun uh, i helped them grow that kind of projects so i launched you know I, I launched that proposal i told them hey guys are you looking for somebody to grow your project they told me actually yeah we're looking for somebody because we were talking with several vcs and they are looking to uh, they're asking us to gain traction and, you know, like get a little bit better in our socials and our marketing strategy. And I was like, okay, let's, let's do something. I, they told me that if I could do just like some kind of written proposal, I don't do them because I don't believe in those. I think they just like make a, they, they just put it in yeah. a paper and yeah, throw it in a paper bin and go like, yeah, thank you for your proposal. So I went to Reddit and started to get them viral, like on the same day. And uh, I also started running some ads because I'm good at that. <laughs> and and I they like <laughs> I love it. I feel like the most, the invaluable startup skill is growth. It's all about like, you know, building a great product and growing it and getting that growth is so crucial. Um, I didn't know you did music industry as well. Like you, were, you, you did stuff there. That's what did you do in the music industry? So I was a rapper for a long, long time. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, we have to get some footage of this. Yeah, I used, I used to do some rapping stuff back in the days. Uh, so I helped. Then I also was a musical producer and I helped like a lot of projects just grow. And nowadays we have like a huge battle rap scene in Mexico. And Amazing. most of the guys that are the 
the top guys in the industry, I kind of um, advise to them like what to do still to this day. So, you know, yeah, it's fun. Totally <laughs> off topic, totally off topic. Um, but like, uh, have you seen this Drake, the AI generated Drake video? Yeah. Not video. Um, there's like a song. Are you up on that? Like that was... Yeah. The song was amazing. Like it came out really good. It was Drake and The Weeknd. It was like shockingly good. It's it's yeah. wild. And yeah. you, I've only seen like some Eminem AI and you know the Kanye West AI. It, it's gonna make a big change in the whole industry. Like I, I'm yeah. waiting for what's gonna happen. But yeah, <laughs> so I, I did that. In, I did that Crazy. in the past. And um, so, yeah, I started like helping them the, the same day. They were like, yeah, you know, I think you're the dude for helping us grow this stuff. So I joined them. I started growing the project in different areas. Um, suddenly they offered me to also become the CMO of Leonardo. And we launched a huge marketing strategy basically to gain traction, you know, like that's what they wanted. That's what I gave them. So well, we like, we talk with a lot of influencers on YouTube. We launch uh, a lot of ads on Twitter, on Facebook, on Reddit. We, which is kind of like the first stage that I usually do with projects, uh, except in the crypto sphere, cause that's like super hard, but everywhere else, I usually go through the advertisement, uh, stage and it's more like getting awareness getting people yeah. to see your name over and over and over again. Yeah. And that helped because when we reach out to influencers, they were like, yeah, I, I know Leonardo. And at the same time, I started growing my account on Twitter, like connecting with a lot of AI people, AI influencers like yourself. <laughs> and it also like, <laughs> it also helped, you know, to make connections around the industry and, um, yeah, eventually I, I was invited to another Discord with AI influencers, you know, all the guys that are creating like the YouTube videos, uh, Twitter threads and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So I love it. Love it. Do you, <laughs> sorry to, I would I want to take a deep dive into this because I think it's such an important subject and everyone wants to know about growth, but I think what would be good is just give us a quick intro of what Leonardo.ai is for what people that don't know. Oh yeah. Okay. So Leonardo AI is a content suite uh, that allows people to generate AI assets, especially like graphical assets at this point, mm -hmm. it allows you to train your own models in a very easy way and very fast way that you can just, it's, it was starting at first it was geared towards game developers, but it grew so fast. So it's now for general public. Some people call it the mid journey alternative or killer. I don't think we're the killer of mid journey, but I think we're trying to do some interesting stuff on the, on the generative AI world. Yeah. And the thing the thing I, I just have to interject here because I'm so passionate. I think it's a fantastic product. The thing where it wins over mid journey is you don't have to generate your asset, your images on a discord server. <laughs> you get this like nice interface. That's all yours and you don't have to wait in a line. 
And so I really enjoyed that part of it. Um, yeah, no, there's just so many, so many cool features I enjoy, like training your own models. Um, of course, this is my own partial product perspective, but I should. <laughs> yeah, tell, tell us more. Tell us more. Yeah, we also have like the canvas tool, which uh, resembles a little bit to Dali's uh, own canvas tool. However, you we allow you to do it using stability, stable diffusion 1.5, stable diffusion 2.1, and also, you know, it allows you to fine tune different parts of it. We also have a um, text to texture. Uh, mm -hmm. feature that we just launched and we also have an api which uh, i think it's missing in a lot of these products and it allows to for developers to just like build on top of leonardo and eventually like some people want that want us to have like our own discord bot they will be able to have their own discord bot using leonardo and we i i think like one of the key aspects that people haven't mentioned a lot is the community part of it. Like we've been thinking very strong on how to create a community inside of Leonardo and, you know, becoming the go-to place for all the displaced artists, especially those that started to go into the AI route. And then you saw all this huge movement go against them, you know, on DeviantArt, on ArtStation. So, what we noticed is that all of these artists kind of lost their home when they decided to start using AI. And we've been bringing them to Leonardo and part of the plan is to, you know, become like the go-to place for the AI artist movement, which I think it's uh, not something anybody else is doing at the moment. and. We've been building a huge Discord community as well and a huge community inside Leonardo. And that's kind of like our moat right now. Yeah, yeah. What are, I think what's really interesting is the, the, like AI, the concept of an AI artist is actually pretty new. Who are the, these people? <laughs> are, they, are they people who have been artists before and they're just taking on AI tools? Like what, what does the, that group look like? So we have different sets of people, I will say. We have those that are, we call them like uh, enhanced AI artists, kind of like that. Like they're already artists and they have already been in the AI scene before using disco diffusion, then stable diffusion, you know, all this, uh, they, they were using this Google Collab um, notebook and collaborating with them, inter, intervening in all the AI-generated material with their own tools, with Photoshop, with their own, you know, like, uh, knowledge about making pictures and making photos and, and, and all, all of that stuff. So that's one of the, like, one part of the community. We also have people that have never... Well, they, they have like these artistic aspirations. So it's more like they wanted to to do stuff with AI, with, with art, and they didn't have these um, tools before or they weren't that gifted. And so, for example, a guy that knows how to create some kind of drafts 
he he kind of like creates uh you know basic drawings but they're not like professional and using leonardo he has been able to just like run it through the models being able to produce like proper um i want to say like proper art but like more professional art in a way and we also have uh like the marketers which is funny uh like people who are just seeing a business opportunity in all this stuff and uh like they're creating all kind of stuff for uh you know kids books um drawing books um what else uh t-shirts and and all this stuff so you you have like all these different groups of people that are using Leonardo and of course the game developers, which is uh, uh, still a huge part of the community that are using it to assist themselves in the process of creating game assets in a faster way and iterate over and over again. So we have all these uh, communities inside the community. That is a really good overview because like I talk to various people in the industry and my background is, you know, like people in big tech and as they're, they're seeing generative AI come up, like the biggest question is like, well, what are the use cases? What are people using it for? Like, where's the business? So one thing I want to pick up on that you mentioned is people are learning how to use generative AI, Leonardo.ai to actually make money. Um, what are you seeing from like a business perspective? How are you, you mentioned marketers? So clearly like assets, um, I, I think you mentioned games as well, but like, if you could go a bit deeper into that, I think that that was really interesting. Yeah, we have, um, different verticals that you could possibly see it as a business. One of them is the you know, people who are creating print-on-demand stuff. So you have all these kind of T-shirts, um, what what do you call it? Like cushions, uh, canvas art, and all of that stuff. Like it's, it's getting very popular. And even people are asking to, you know, like some integration with Printful, with Shopify and all that stuff. Then you have, as you said, <coughs> as you said, the game artists that are using it to iterate very fast on their stuff. You have people from the fashion industry that want to have like more designs uh, for their clothing, for um, what is it called? Uh, bags, handbags. Uh, some people from the jewelry industry like looking for different models that they can create and get inspiration from some of the guys from Dreambox that is a, a group of people that are creating like AI to physical items. They're looking for, you know, connecting Leonardo with that. So you have like plushies, you have, you know, um, stickers. And I think like, it's just like an extension of everything that can be printed. You can put it on, on, on a, you know, from AI to, to physical stuff. Then you have people also from the book, but the publishing industry creating their book covers in a very fast way. And sometimes they're, they don't get exactly what they're looking for, but they get more inspiration that they can provide to somebody who is a, a book designer 
and be like, hey, I want a best-selling book cover for, let's say, a kid's book or, um, you know, Dragon's novel or something like that. So, yeah, we, we have like all these different verticals of people making money from it and also um if it's if they're not making money exactly with it it's part of the production process to make money in other industries so it also helps with that especially because you know you have this part of being able to train your own model so you have like all these guys let's say a publishing house that has their way of creating their book covers and they can just train their model with the like 15 or 8 or 20 like a, a small amount of uh, of images that they have already created and they can start producing more and more and more and get like the same feeling the same design in a faster way so I, I think like that's one of the key points that we've been working on or even uh, designers you know like uh, bag designers who just put like their different ways of creating stuff and they just like generate new designs that they can later, you know, create a physical object for that. So yeah, super, super crazy, all the different use cases. Cause I know the same, what you just said, like people are thinking like, what's the business model here? Can you guys really create money out of it? Like, is there, is this gonna just like replace the artists or like th there is all of these questions yeah, in the air right yeah. now. And I think and this is important. It's and it's all evolving and it's not clear uh, how it's going to play out. So the other thing I, I'm curious is uh, when you originally when originally Leonardo that AI was started, was there one thesis around who would use it? And then you found out that it was different or how uh, like what was the original thesis and what did you find that was maybe unexpected with respect to how people are using the product? Yeah, so the original thesis is that, well, was that uh, game artists will use will use the Leonardo AI tools, which is the main target that we were looking for. But I think like the viral whole the, the viral stuff just got on, and we we started getting a lot of people from different verticals just coming in and YouTubers covering Leonardo. And I think like the whole narrative of the mid-journey killer kind of helped a lot into bringing us into the spotlight, into the mainstream spotlight and be like, hey, you know, like these guys are creating this product that is, it's not using Discord, it's using a web um, UI. And and I think that also the, the fact that we used a very nice UI and UX, that we work very hard on having uh, an easy way for people to just generate images in very fast and a very generous uh, token allocation that we provided for people to create art. It also helped us to just like bring people from all over the place. It wasn't the, the plan, right? We wanted to target the game artists and that's who we started to target at first. But when we saw this whole movement of AI artists or AI enthusiasts coming to the Discord server, talking about it, then uh, using the product, then telling to the, like telling their friends about it, 
it, it just kind of exploded and we started like interviewing a lot of people like who are you what are you using this for we have a guy dennis who has been interviewing i don't know how many people inside our our community but he usually has like four or five calls per day talking with the you know the power users asking them questions like what are you using these for uh how are you planning to monetize this are you planning to monetize this or is this just like uh, art and yeah we, we found like the verticals that i told you previously you know like people using it for book covers people using it for marketing purposes people using it to just like generate um objects and and it's like so wide that it, it has made us to consider pivoting into this new area of becoming like the go-to place for ai artists that uh just want to find a home because yeah oh, i i yeah. love it again <laughs> it's crazy for me, i i love i love just how easy it is to use the you don't have to wait uh, I've trained my own models using it. Uh, this is just like a really, really sweet product. Um, what are some things we should look out for that you guys are planning to, to ship maybe? That, that might be, I'd love to hear about that. Oh, so you want our roadmap. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to reveal whatever, uh, you know, maybe proprietary, but like, I'm just curious where you see it. If you can share where you where where what we could expect, look forward to, like, what should we get excited about? Yeah. So one of the the things that JJ, who is the founder of Leonardo, uh, has been talking about with all the team, because let me just like create a small parenthesis here, just to introduce a little bit of the team and and who are these guys, because. Most people at the start thought that Leonardo was just like an SD wrapper, right? A stable diffusion wrapper with a good, nice, with a nice looking UI and UX. And that was it. But just to set uh, things very clear, we have an ML team, a machine learning team of people who are like, you know like genius like you like they know the tech they're they're technical like you <laughs> and uh, they, they really know that stuff so they you know like we have ethan from the disco diffusion days he created his own diffusion models in the past and we have like sammy and we have a, a couple of guys that really know their stuff and they have been optimizing a lot of the stuff that happens in the background like making it faster or you know sometimes applying the models that exist already into a new way or a, a way to integrate all these tools together um or let's say for example the control net example that it just appeared but the problem with ControlNet is that their license is not available for commercial usage. So these guys, they just like read the papers, read what was going on. They use stuff that they previously had worked on uh, for Leonardo that we hadn't implemented before and just like stitched all the pieces together and created this uh, proprietary control net that we have. So I, I think like, one of the future use cases of Leonardo is going to be this kind of like, uh, 
I, I, I don't well, I don't know if I should say this. Let 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 me just like think how. <laughs> yeah, like, all right. You know, a, a playground for different tools that exist in the wild, but in a more cohesive way. And I think that that's me saying too much. I'm not sure if I should yeah. say this, yeah, but. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Just leave it. Just leave it. <laughs> I, I think that by the time we we have this interview, we will have already a lot of tools uh, uploaded. Yeah. No, so, I think that's a, a very good pain point. Like just from a, a user perspective, as a lot of these tools are not anyway, they're not unified. But as you were talking, I think the other thing that really struck me, where you guys have done an amazing job, is taking research to production, um, because in my experience. There's the people who do the AI research and they live in a, in a world of their own. And then there's taking that into the wild and making an actual product. And I think, you know, kudos to you guys for like bringing those two worlds together and, make, and, and getting it production ready. Because I think a lot of these uh, AI capabilities are... Uh, the research piece is still ahead of what's out there. Um, uh, I think one that's really interesting is video. I don't know if that's something you're planning on, but uh, uh, that that one is is also interesting. Um, do you think? Actually, this is an interesting question. Do you do you envision other modalities incorporating other modalities like audio, like we talked about music earlier, or video, etc.? So it's part of the. I wouldn't say like the the nearby roadmap, but. There is some considerations, some talks inside the team uh, about bringing other technologies that are not uh, text to image. But still, we, we're debating a lot of stuff because yeah. we don't want to spread to thing, which is also a problem yeah. that we've encountered. Like we we have these guys that are mm -hmm. very quick to just like look at a research paper and do their own research and then create a product out of it but in the in in this at the same time we have to be very wary of not you know spreading to things creating products that people don't use a lot because yeah yeah that's kind of like part of the uh, yeah. of the problem that we found like that's why we're also doing all this interview with the people that are using uh, leonardo and be like hey what are you using these for how can we extend that uh skill that you already have or or that job that you're already having and creating and this kind of stuff like how can we help you to make it faster or extending it and that's kind of like the 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 fine line that we are uh, always walking on you know like hey should we add this new technology that just appear or should we just like wait a little bit because what if they don't use it or you, you know they're companies that are strictly focused on text to video like runway or yeah uh you know we we don't want to step in their into their toes because it's kind of like losing our focus so if we were a little bit more focused we'll be making more moves got it yeah um let's <laughs> what are some interesting like challenges that that maybe you didn't expect that you got, you've run into, uh, let's say from a growth side of things specifically. Um, 
I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if like something we didn't see or do we didn't plan because uh, we've had quite some experience in growing stuff, but it's more like, even if you plan for it and you know that it's going to grow, sometimes having the 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 back end to manage all of the people that are coming like like right now our problem is not growth it's more depth of uh, like making more connections inside a community and we didn't expect it to grow that fast so i knew it was gonna grow fast because the whole market was just pushing for it but you know, the first two months it was more like, yeah, you know, we have ten thousand users, we have uh, fifteen people coming in, fifty thousand people, twenty thousand, and then it was like one day, hey, what the hell happened? Is like now we have fifty thousand, and the next day we have like a hundred thousand, and then it started going the the hockey stick. So I think nobody prepares you for that. And even if you know, and you told the the whole the, the team like, hey guys, we have to be really prepared for all of this stuff and have our back end and you know like the technical side of things like it, it doesn't it, it we need to be aware of that it doesn't break while our users are joining. Uh, you know, ma making stuff like pinging everybody suddenly on the Discord server and stuff like that. But I, I think like that's more of a casual stuff i want to hear you know what i'd love to hear from you is like let's say you're a startup founder of which i'm talking to a lot of people that are really excited and want to start companies in this space um what would you your advice be for somebody uh if they were starting a company today and had to think about the growth aspect of it which is you know the, one of the most important <laughs> things of building a business I think the first thing they need to really define and clarify is who are they targeting? Like who is the buyer persona, the, the customer they want? Because I see a lot of people in the space that are creating just like tools just for the sake of it without fully knowing who is going to use it and what's the need for that. So that's something that I found at the start when I was joining Leonardo, like we we had like several profiles and we had to like, um, you know, shorten them into like, who are we really talking to? Cause it it's gonna hurt your conversions if you're trying to talk to everybody, if you're not focusing on who is that person that you want to bring in because they have their own language, they have their own needs, they have their, it's not the same if you're talking to a startup founder and saying like, hey, uh, we have to scale as if you're talking with an entrepreneur, you're like, we're going to grow your project. Like it's the same, but it's not the same, right? So having all, like who is the right person that you want to target? What is your offering? Because that's also super important, like having, uh, a straight offer that you can provide to people and that it's going to be interesting for them and what's the messaging like how are we going to communicate what we have to these people 
in order for them to be interested in our project. Uh, I, I feel like that's like 101 growth strategy, but I, I don't see that a lot in the, at least in the AI space with all every founder just creating stuff, which I love. <laughs> but as a marketing, in the marketing way of thinking, it's like, dude, that's good, but who's gonna use this stuff? Like, yeah. who's, who's gonna use your analogy creator if you're not focusing on a certain client or profile? Yeah. So, so and, you talked about yeah. the focus on, on the client. What about, like, let's say you decide exactly um, like who you're gonna focus on, like, what are your tips around positioning? Because I noticed one of the things you do really well <laughs> is you position things really well, you frame them well. Um, what are your tips around that part of it? So it's, it's all about finding what's the unique mechanism that you have in your product that allows you to position yourself in, in a different, um, yeah, in a different place that the rest of the competitors, like what's what makes you unique, which goes down to the unique selling proposition, kind of. But it's more like what's that mechanism that it's making your stuff different from the rest. So there's a lot, let's say that you have a, a lot of clones creating the same stuff, right? So one of the things that we found in Leonardo was that people were positioning ourselves as uh, just another stable diffusion wrapper. So you start listening to that feedback and you have to go with the founder or whoever is creating the product and be like, okay, what would you say to these people? Like, why are we not a stable diffusion wrapper? What makes us unique? And then they go and start, you know, dabbling a lot into like babbling a lot into the, yeah, we have this stuff and this stuff. And, and you have to find like, what's that unique aspect of your product that makes it very different from the rest and that you can position it in the industry as the first, it's, it's as the first to market, right? Like the first person that is using this mechanism, even if everybody else is doing it, there is this uh, analogy with, I don't know if you saw Mad Men, but yes. there was this, yes. yeah, th there is yes. this scene that they're talking about the Lucky Strikes and they're asking like, what's, like everybody was marketing cigarettes and they were like, what's different from your, from your cigarette? Well, it's toasted. And, and the guy was like, yeah, that's it, right? That's, that's what makes it different. And he's like, yeah, but everybody does the same process. Yeah, but nobody mentions that. So that automatically puts you in a different place and positions you as the first to market doing that stuff, even if everybody else is doing it. So it's all about like finding, it's called like the five sophistication uh, stages of the market. So you have to find in which stage your product is if there is a lot of competitors then you have to find that unique mechanism that makes it different and later on as as the market starts to develop more and more you have to create an identity which is right now what we're doing at leonardo is like yeah 
you know, everybody can create their own models. Everybody can just like integrate whatever. But what we have now is a community of people that come to Leonardo because they want to be part of something bigger than them. Because we have a mission, we have a vision of where we want to go. Because this makes it a cool place for you to come back every day, every morning, talk with people, which it is what makes an identity of the, the whole platform. Like you, you want to share your stuff on the platform. You want to go back. And I think that's uh, what founders have to be looking at whenever they're trying to market and position their product. Yeah, no, that's great advice. Are there, like, when you think about growth, is there, who inspires you? Or is there somebody you look up to? Uh, or are there any books that you would recommend on the topic? Um, how, how can we get deeper into this? Yeah, I think like the first person that inspired me a lot was uh, Gary Vaynerchuk when I first started. Like he said something, I, I'm not sure if it was him, but I kind of like understood it from, from him, which is do stuff that doesn't scale at first. And most people don't do it. They want to automate everything. They don't want to talk with their customers. They don't want to uh, do the hard work. But I think that's what makes it, what makes a startup just like grow faster, you know, talking with people every day, sending them a message, be like, hey, dude, why are you using this product? Taking notes, putting their words back into the whole marketing material. Um, that's like one of the, the first things. I also think like Eugene Schwartz, which was a marketer in the 50s. And um, he, he has this book called Breakthrough Advertising. That's if anybody's into marketing and growth, that's like the Bible of every marketer that I know that are good at, at growing stuff. Because he talks about all these marketing stages and the awareness levels that people have whenever they encounter your product. Um, another person that has been, you know, taking all this stuff and applying it into the digital space is George Ten. Um, he's on Twitter. That dude is a beast at doing this stuff. Uh, what else? Yeah, I think like those are the like for growth stuff. And, and do, you know, like do stuff that people don't usually do, because that's also yeah. something that, yeah. that I found in my career that just don't listen to what everybody's saying and go like, yeah, that's that's the real truth. Like try to do stuff that if, if people are saying like post five times, I posted 70 times and see if that work experiment. I think like that's that's the main uh, giveaway that I can provide here, like, you know, like no, experiment it. a lot. I love it. Other than Gary, I don't think I've heard, well, I mean, and you're a Mad Men reference. I like all of these are new to me, so I would definitely go check them out. Um, I love this convo. Great product. I, I feel like I learned so much from you. Uh, and I have to say, like, as a tech person, it's like you don't appreciate marketing until you have to do it. <laughs> and then you realize, like, how sophisticated, it's just so sophisticated, and it's just such a unique skill. Um, and it's like, again, I've, I've done startups before. It's like, you don't have your marketing down, your growth, you're never going to make it. So I, I, I love this convo. 
and learning from you. And um, I'm so glad we had a chance to connect and get this out there. Um, anything else you want to mention to you know as we wrap up, or what I should really, we look out for? What should we stay tuned from from Esteban? I, I, I really want to uh, thank you for that comment because one of the things that I found is that tech, like technical founders, usually see marketing as you know everybody can do that stuff like you know it's just like posting on twitter and people will come and just create a great product and people no, will it come it is so hard <laughs> it is so hard and it's a very unique skill and there's so much involved yeah <laughs> thank you thank you yeah because what i found is that um a great of course, you need a great product. Like marketing is gonna bring you customers, but product is gonna keep them coming yeah. back. So it's like a, a two side of the of the equation that you must have. Like having a great product is super important because that's gonna, you know, bring more people in. Because you know the the word of mouth just start to spread, of course. But if you have marketing, it's like an accelerant for that. And if you have a great product and great marketing, it just starts to do this uh, growth flywheel that makes people join and enjoy and love your product. Yeah. So I appreciate that because I no, have a it, lot of founders telling me the opposite and it just kills me. <laughs> no, no, it's I think both both sides, you know, it sounds kind of like, yeah, makes sense, right? Like just build a great product and do great marketing. But like the reality is, you got to do really well on both and not not uh, screw it up. And when it happens, it's magic, but it, it's very hard to to do right uh, from both ends. Hey, listen, thank you so much. This is I really enjoyed the conversation. I'll be watching out uh, from, you know, what's new in Leonardo coming up next and um, everything you do. Um, and just uh, as we wrap it up, people should what's the best way for people to find you? Yeah, you can find me at at the moon Midas on Twitter or at LinkedIn, Esteban Constante. Um, that's the best place for, for you to find me. Awesome. Thank at you least, so much. At least in the English, <laughs> English speaking world. In the English speaking <laughs> yeah. world. Yeah. Thank you so much, Esteban. Thank you, Natalia. And thanks your audience too for staying and watch this. See ya. See you. Take care.